Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you about another great podcast, The Mina Kimes Show featuring Lenny. ESPN NFL analyst Mina Kimes is joined by expert guests each week as she gets you ready for the upcoming NFL draft. That's The Mina Kimes Show featuring Lenny. Listen where you are listening to this podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Right Time. My name is Bomani Jones. Thanks for listening wherever you get in this podcast. Thanks for watching us on YouTube. Rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. It is Foxworth Friday. Dominique Foxworth, what's going on? We back. I'm happy to be back, man. I, I missed it. Like I, I like most of my job is a pretty good job, so I like it most of the time. But I don't miss it while I'm gone. But I miss doing this. It was it was uh it's one of the things that it's probably the best thing that I do. And also probably because it's the easiest and most fun thing that I do regularly. But yeah, I'm happy to be back. And I, I know the people are too. <laughs> I know the people are too. Well yeah, I ain't sure on confidence. That's one thing about me. I y'all I know y'all like this because it's good. And I know it's good. I do bad shit occasionally. And you know when I don't when I don't promote my because I it ain't say, great. Say I, don't, I only promote this. That's good. I ain't gonna be lying to you because you ain't stupid. You turn it on and you know that this was was good. This wasn't. Look here. Once they said you wouldn't go be here, I was just like, <laughs> I thought about a couple things. I was like, you know, I got a cop day. Let's just <laughs> let's just go ahead and keep yeah. this uh keep this moving. But uh, glad to have you back. Happy big foe. Oh, yeah. your grown ass. Yeah, I'm old now. It's it's official. 40 is the number, I think. Uh, like 30 still feels kind of young. Like when I was a kid, I don't know, 40 was like, are you fully grown? I don't feel yeah. like I'm that age now, but yeah. like, when, you know, that's that's that number where it's like, oh, yeah. You, you all you all the way there. What's life expectancy for a black man is probably like <laughs> like 70. So nah, I'm, but, I'm past halfway, baby. Well, what it is, is that when we was little, 40 had come around, but we had yet to see the evolution of the generations that were so dedicated to being cool. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like the generation kind of above us, maybe, but like, I guess like my brother's 13 years older than me. I don't know if that counts as a truly different generation, but you know, like he's at the beginning of Gen X. I'm at the end of Gen X, right? So we're, we're, we're cusping in different directions, but that, that is where I, I'm going to be cool forever. Why I got, you know, I didn't get married at 19. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't have to turn into a grown-up so fast. And so 40 is just a different animal now than it was before. Like, you see them pictures, man. Them cats with them thick old mustaches. <laughs> that's that's fair. I think you're right. There was a... I don't know if, if my parents felt like they were adults, full adults. I mean... Like, I feel like I'm an adult, but like the 40 mark, I don't know how they felt when they were in their 40s, if they still kind of felt like maybe I'm a little bit young. But your point about the the stay cool forever generation is one I never considered. And that's a, an accurate one. I think I, I'm in the millennial uh, generation. And I think technically that's where I fall. And yeah, they be trying to be cool. I don't know. I, you can't blame everything on social media, but I feel as though. I don't be still trying to be cool, which nothing's wrong with it, but I try be out here trying to keep up. Yeah, trying to be cool, I do think there's something wrong with it. And like the keep up part, that's the part that gets me is dog, it's over. Let them have it, dog. Let them have it. Because what they got don't want to be is mixed up with these young motherfuckers. Like, I, 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 like the farther along I get in this, I really want y'all to know I'm not the same. I don't know who y'all's little rappers are anymore. Like, I lean into the idea that I'm not a, let me tell you what I would love. Some people don't like this because it make them feel old. And the first time it happened, it struck me a little funny. But you know what I would love? I would love to get called sir a little bit more often. <laughs> I, like, like I, I, I do think it is a little bit whack that I grew up calling. You know, your dad, you got military people. So I yeah. imagine you, do, you, you, you did some good mamming and surring as you were coming up. I've earned some surring. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I am sir. I should be sir to a lot more you youngsters, man, calling me by my first name. You don't it's, know me. It's just casual, too, though. Like, it's um, teachers in my kids' school, like, some of them go by their last name. They all, like, want to be called Mr. or Miss, but mm-hmm. some of them are like, yeah, call me 
Mr. Bob or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I guess that I guess that's what we're doing now. And like in kindergarten, they all were like, I was shocked. It was all first names when my kids were in kindergarten. And I think that's probably a northern thing more than it is a southern thing. Cause the, the sir, ma'am, my dad grew up sir and mammon, but my mom who grew up in Harlem. She wasn't having that. Yeah, we, yeah, wasn't no. sir, we wasn't sir. We wasn't mammon in our house. That was a, we have respect. You, you would get drop kicked if you get act, <laughs> if you act up. And my dad wasn't the one doing the drop kicking. <laughs> but we wasn't sir and mammon. Now, see the thing about the South, though, we talk about the miss first name or whatever. The deeper in the country you get, the more likely people are to call you like so. Um, Mississippi, for example, there's a lot more of that like hey, oh, Miss Mamie, Miss Lily, Miss whatever it is. Like that's kind of the default. That we go there, but no, I don't want children calling me by my first name. Like the biggest big mistake I feel like I had by not having kids. I feel like once you have kids, that's when people call you, yeah. you know, Mister whatever it is. It was also very interesting with me growing up as I look back on it. Who was or wasn't Mister, and who was who got to be their names? Yeah, <laughs> and and I realized that that was really a function of how my parents met them or their ages relative to my parents. So even if they were too old for me to be just defaulting to a first name, if they were younger than my parents to a significant degree that they looked at them as youngsters, then y'all all youngsters, right? Like this is the thing I learned in my work life. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't as old as some people. So I just got considered by some as being youngster and it'll be Mm -hmm. like that forever because that's where it starts. Yeah. And I, I thought you were going in the direction of like what they had accomplished in life, because I certainly remember that there were certainly <laughs> friends of my mom and dad or people as around that were as old or older than people that got the Mr. or Mrs. Mm-hmm. But they weren't up to nothing. So <laughs> ain't nobody <laughs> slapped me in, in, into a place what I would call. Uh, uh, I'm thinking of somebody specific. I don't want to hurt no name. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say, don't, I was about to say, don't do that. We'll use people in the chat that I like Parker. Nobody got (laughs) mad at me because I called Parker Parker and not Mr. Owens because Parker was doing Parker. He wasn't doing Mr. Owens. (laughs) So it was, it was cool. Oh man, wow, that was an interesting. Uh, I guess six minutes or so detour, but I feel like we're all uh better off. For it. This has been a uh an interesting week of Baltimore in sports, though I'm not sure if we're not tired of talking about all of it. We got Baltimore's old Angel Reese, we got Baltimore's adopted fleeing Lamar Jackson. So I want to get to something else before we get to that. But what we got left, we'll get to. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. you know, we we've given all of these things have had a lot of miles by the time that we could get a hold of them. But uh Wednesday night, I gotta look at Lakers Clippers. First of all, to be fair to the Lakers in this game, they were never going to win it. The schedule made that game impossible. Forget about if that game in Utah went to overtime. That's not the point. You play a game in Utah at altitude and then come back and play the second half of back-to-back against a team that's actually fairly rested. I don't care if Paul George is playing or not. They wouldn't go win that game. Also, LeBron went for 37. He did go for 37. So, like, uh, is somebody going for 37 at 40? They're not going to go for 37 a day later. So like that's <laughs> you're asking for a lot um, out of LeBron James. But I have to be honest, I'm on board with this Lakers hype because I know how this machine works. And like there's enough there for us to hype them. And I, tr- I started doing it also, but I've watched a lot more Lakers recently and misplaced hype, guys. It's yo, misplaced yo, hype. here's the thing. But do it, though, right? Like, I'm with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep, keep, keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Because the thing I wanted to talk about, and it's so funny, because for those of you who don't realize, me and Dominique don't be preparing this show. We just get out <laughs> here, and we just make it happen. Like, like it, this, yeah. this, this jazz. You know what I'm saying? Like, sometimes we got to chart with the chords, but yeah. this, this jazz. And But what I was thinking was what I do find to be fun about where the Lakers are right now. They are interesting. Mm-hmm. And this is honestly... I don't even think they were that interesting the year they won the championship. They were interesting strictly for the sake of the fact that they were at the top of the league in that year. But because of the injuries and everything else, they hadn't really been interesting. Right now, they're legitimately interesting. And I feel like in in an interesting place where there's reason for people to be optimistic about them while simultaneously not having expectations. Because right. expectations kind of makes it less fun. Like when we're talking about those Lakers that won the championship, they were supposed to win the championship, LeBron, Anthony Davis. Now they're interesting within this hodgepodge of interesting. But 
I need the whole league. The Lakers need to do their part to help in this. Everybody does, okay? We need Phoenix, Golden State to be four or five better than we need anything else in this world. I mean, I don't know. I'm not, I don't have an encyclopedic memory of like NBA first rounds, but I can't imagine that there'd be one more fun <laughs> than, than those guys, like with the history and the talent. And we don't know what Kevin Durant will get by the end of the playoffs. So please give us this matchup early on. And you're right. The Lakers are interesting because we're getting to know them. And I think the variance for what they can do is great. But the reason why I say this, this hype is misplaced is because, yes, they could beat any one of these teams in one game, maybe even in a series. The idea that LeBron and AD and this other collection of other guys are going to go three series in a row. Oh, no. Yeah, like, and that's the thing that people like anybody can come out the West. What you're conflating two things. One, are the Lakers as good as anybody in the West or like within striking distance of anybody in the West from a talent and production standpoint? Yes. Can the Lakers win three series in a row (laughs) against all of these teams? Hell no. No, no. They talking about the Lakers. People got the bright idea that somehow the Lakers won it with Denver in the first round. You telling me that you want to take LeBron's old ass up there to play those first two games at altitude after what is likely to be a run in the play-in game, right? That could be two games in the play-in game, depending upon how it goes. You really telling me that you think they want that? Because I don't, I don't think they want any parts of that. They will get run off the floor if they have to go up against Denver under those circumstances. The only reason why they may want that is because they know that they can't go through the entire playoffs and knocking off Denver in the first round is something to be proud of. <laughs> Maybe not for LeBron, but for everybody else, it's something to be proud of because like that I could wrap my, I think that's more likely. They could knock off the one seed in the first round is more likely than they can knock everyone else off and get to the finals. You know, so I think that may be the only reason, but I don't think they actually sincerely believe I guess AD and Jokic is a is a good matchup. Healthy AD and Jokic is a good matchup for them. But Michael Porter Jr. <laughs> Woo! He Woo! Not, I mean, it, it, who stops him is him <laughs> and his just general lack of awareness defensively and his offensive inconsistency. But can't nobody do nothing with him. They don't I, I, talk all that Vanderbilt shit if you want to. <laughs> right. Somebody still got to deal with Aaron Gordon. Like if Aaron Gordon, like I said, Aaron Gordon being your third or fourth best player, mm-hmm. um, you, you still got something going there. I'm going to tell you who I'm rooting for in the West, man. I'm starting to root for Sacramento. I ain't yeah. watched them play a single game. I just can't imagine how disrespected they feel. Right. Everybody say they want to come up and play against them. I hope they run somebody out of the playoffs. I would love nothing more than to see them get Golden State, and not because they're the Warriors, but just because they somebody, and just have them run them out the building. Because I ain't never seen – they have the best season yeah. they've had in forever. Mike Brown, shout out to you. And everybody like, yeah, nah, 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 nah. That's who we want. They coming down the court. Like I remember in the NBA Finals in 94, the year the Rockets beat the Knicks, and the Rockets had this dude named Chris Gent. He went to Ohio State, J-E-N-T is his last name, and he was as Caucasian as you could possibly imagine. And every time he came in the game, man, the Knicks were like, yo, he got me. Not I got him. He got me. That's who's guarding me. That's how everybody's treating the Sacramento Kings right now. I read an article out of the ringer. I think it was Zach Cram wrote back in like mid-March. And we all are starting to believe that something's wrong with the Warriors because of their road record. And like he did all the stat stuff. And pretty much what it came down to was that their road defense is worse because the teams that they're playing against, like somewhat randomly shoot a lot better against them because like the shot quality, according to all the metrics and the motion tracking data, the shot quality is not any better. It's just like crazy random. Which, is, I mean, obviously can happen. That's statistics prove that out. These things can happen. It's crazy random that they just hit a bunch more shots. So, like, I bring that up because those numbers are why we are concerned about the Warriors. It's because they're bad on the road and their defense is bad on the road. But their defense is awesome at home. Their offense is great at home. And Wiggins is a 6'8", super 
athlete that you don't have to make adjustments for defensively and can like create his own shot in tough times and hit open shots. Like if they get him back and he can get back up to speed quickly enough, like I'm not sure the Warriors are as bad as their record shows them to be. Well, number one, you guys ain't never going to convince me on this Andrew Wiggins thing. The only difference between Andrew Wiggins in Minnesota and Andrew Wiggins in Golden State is that he plays for Golden State. Um, like, I think the defense part is what matters. He just wound right. up in this great situation. Where can I be a $35 million fourth option? Right? <laughs> Where I, he's, a, he's a super three and D guy. I'm not arguing yeah. that Andrew Wiggins. But see, I don't, team I don't even think he's a three guy. I just think he's a defensive guy that looks like a great basketball player. Dude, the thing I'll always say about Andrew Wiggins, if you've never seen it, I'm sure you can go find it on YouTube. They played this game when he was at Kansas against West Virginia, and the second half that he played in that game might be the best half of college basketball I've ever seen anybody that age play. Like, it's up there with that 25 points Durant put up against Kansas in the first half when he was a freshman um, at Oof. Allen Fieldhouse. And it was that one where it was just like, okay, so that guy's the number one pick in the draft. We don't have anything else to talk about. And for nine years, I've been waiting, waiting for that guy to arrive, and he just ain't coming. But the only thing that gets me like, with the Warriors that I hear, every, I would love to see what the analysis was they did on the stats that showed that this is just this amazing random variance, bad luck that's making this happen, and everybody keeps hitting their shots. Because in the end... I didn't think they were that good last year. They were champions, obviously, but they weren't like a dominant team. And I just don't think they're that good this year. Um, I mean, I think the other part of it really just comes down to if Klay Thompson plays well, then there are problems. If Klay Thompson's pretty good, if Klay Thompson's aight, then we ain't really got nothing to discuss here. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. And I agree, like, I, Steph played me personally with the, the zero goggles last year. So, like, trust me, I did not Ooh. think they were good last year. <laughs> they won the championship, but I didn't think they were good last year. But I think the West is not good this year. No, it's not. You know, and who can I trust? And I'm certainly not going to argue that Andrew Wiggins is some superstar player. But I think the his value is that he's incredible on defense and not a liability on offense. Fair. And maybe – that's not worth uh, whatever he's getting paid. But when you got the money, like they got the money. Oh, yeah, they don't care. I don't give a damn. Like, yeah, I will overpay because he is a piece that is hard to find and and super valuable. And like he I just I rewatched some of the playoff games from last year earlier and he was like dunking on. You remember when he dunked on Luca? I do remember that. He dunked. Who else he dunk on? I forgot. But I just saw him just banging on people and like catching and creating shots. And it wasn't. There's not a, a steady diet of that, but it's really nice to have a guy like that. And that's like my problem with the Jordan Poole contract when they signed Jordan Poole and everyone was hype about Jordan Poole. Like you misunderstand what Jordan Poole was to that team last year. That man was a liability in the playoffs. He was cool. He was hitting shots. And he like, if you squint, kind of reminds you of Steph Curry because of your, your uh, colorism biases, but he actually ain't that good. But when it came down to it, when they had to have somebody on the floor, they had to take him off because he was a problem. And as great as Jordan Poole is and as much fun as he is to watch, he also seems like potentially he could be a little bit annoying. I'm not on Team Draymond or anything, little, but like a little, a it little, feels like little, that's part of little, it. A little. But yeah, yeah. So like my point is his value to me, Wiggins value is much better when you have a guy. Oh, yeah. I that, see what you're saying. Yeah, you don't have to adjust for him. And that's what I think a lot of the playoffs is about these adjustments. And like, how can we protect this player on this end of the floor so that we can have him on this end of the floor? That dude, just put him out there. He's going to be fine. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training. Just in time for summer and warmer days. I've been in the gym a little bit trying to get my fitness in check so I can break these skinny allegations I keep getting. Spring is the best time of the year to take a new look at your fitness routine, dial it up a notch, and continue powering off. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row, or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. Personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute course session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance. Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals while challenging yourself at every level. Now you can catch up on your favorite NBA games with NBA League Pass while you push yourself to new levels of fitness. Watch your favorite games and win your workouts with NBA League Pass on Peloton and visit OnePeloton.com. 
Peloton all-access membership and NBA League Pass subscription required. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yo, so I got two things I want to have happen in the West also. Mm-hmm. Well, basically just one. I would like the Mavericks to do just enough to hop into that 10 spot to get into the play in. And I want the Thunder out because though the odds are long, the possibility of the Thunder getting Big Vic really excites me. If they had Big Vic and Chet. Oh, dude, man, tall, skinny kids, the, the, the idols that they would have. You know what I'm saying? I would love that. But I also want this Dallas thing to go on just a little while longer so that if slash when it falls apart, we're all watching. Like yeah. I just, I just, I just want to see this. Like I was watching uh, Get Up before we came um, in to do the show, and they're talking about Luca and Cuban did the press availability on mm-hmm. Wednesday, where we tried to keep Jalen Brunson, but all of this stuff explaining everything that did not go right and how they've got to earn wanting Luca to come back. And I'm looking at this, and I feel like Luca and the Mavericks. What if? They all need to get together at the end of this season and be like, bro, I see where this is going. You see where this is going. Where you want to go? Let, let, let's, let, let's, let's figure something out. Because do you, I mean, and granted, my prognostication on happy endings in these things is not necessarily the best, right? I, I'm still not sure what this Kyrie thing is ultimately going to be, though it sounds like Dallas might be dumb enough to sign him. But the Luka thing, there's no room for this to improve, I don't think. Do you? I mean, I, no, I, I mean, they blew I it. Bail. So, like, first, OKC with um with Big Vic would be fun, not just because pairing them up with another big skinny super athlete, but like they got SGA and Jalen Williams. Like they got they got young bodies that can play. And the Mavericks thing, yeah. They blew that the the thing, and I I haven't um I've heard you say somewhat about a little bit about the way people reacting to Kyrie. And I know you got into a little internet thing with him because I heard you talking about it on your show, but Kyrie's not the guy to blame here in this situation. And if you want to blame people in order, I think it's the Dallas Mavericks organization. And then I think it's frankly Luca. And then if you want to get to Kyrie, sure, fine. Man, only been there for a week. They've been <laughs> underachieving since then. Like they had one great run deep in the finals because Luca went off. But Luca's a liability on the defensive end of the floor. And you look around the league at these guys who are really, really great that you really build teams around. Those guys normally aren't liabilities on either end of the floor. Like KD, Giannis, Embiid, uh, I guess Jokic, you could argue, he's not a liability, but you could argue that he's not great on the end of the floor. LeBron, AD, like these guys, uh, Jalen, uh, or J- Jason Tatum, Tatum. And, and yeah, th- those guys, like that's the thing. So that's part of it. And then they had Chris Stapps. And for whatever reason, they didn't get along. Chris Stapps balling in, in Washington right now. Be real nice piece to have. So like, Whatever you're doing, coming in, not in shape, or not moving the ball. I don't know what the problem is, but like he deserves some criticism also. But yeah, watching this go on another week would be fun just because so, it's funny. I have a paradigmic, I believe that's how you say it, consideration about Luka mm-hmm. Doncic. And for those of you who have followed me for a long time, you know that I always said with Randy Moss that if you really stop and go back and view his career and his behavior when he was younger, not the things that bordered on criminal. I want to like, not that stuff. Right. But everything else, if you view him in the context of an athlete or what you want to call the modern athlete, then you easily get to the spoiled, selfish, late, you know, da da da, all that stuff. But if you view him as a child prodigy, all of a sudden we move him into a whole new paradigm and all the pieces really start coming together when you think about it. And the dude was honestly just too damn good at it. What's interesting to me about Luca is that he's the been playing pro ball since you're 14 or whatever type, which comes with an assumption from us that there is a maturity that is there because he had to mature young and thereby he gets everything you got to do so forth and so on. What if... Not that Luca is the child prodigy, 
like Randy Moss is, but what if we view Luca in the context of the child star? Yeah. Like the kid that was on the sitcom when he's 14 years old. Is he like he just kind of getting a little tired of everything that comes along with this? He got beef with his mama over some money, as I recall. Right. Yep. I think I saw something about some lawsuit that went down with that. Like it just seems like it's a whole lot going off of Luca and he handles it like a child. Like his behavior on the floor is in like Jokic got a little bit of that too. Like maybe they yeah. do that different over there in them S countries. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? <laughs> Ask that Morris boy, right? Like, 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 like the sore loser element comes out in him. But with Luca, he's always fighting with the refs. He's getting so mad at the teammates and everything else. Where I don't, if I'm the Mavericks, I might want to sell high on this. Not that so, he can't turn it around in the, you know, on those sorts of things, but I don't know if he's going to be able to do it here because we so beholden to him because we want to do whatever it takes to make him not want to leave. That's the craziest thing that makes sense that I've heard in a long time. Cause giving up, moving on from a player like Luca, it, it reminds me a bit of, and maybe we use this as a segue of Lamar Jackson too, where it's like coaches, general managers, owners spend their whole damn lives trying to get a player like Luca. However, players like Luca in the NBA have the type of leverage that a player like um, Lamar is trying to exhibit now to force their way out. So like you have to be able to consider that. And once they force their way out, you are going to lose value on it. If you can move them before then you'll be, probably be able to keep higher value. So like, I understand it as an intellectual argument. You can't do but, it. <laughs> but yeah, that's the thing. It's like, I, I'm with you. We could talk about this philosophically and I can see all the reasons why, but I ain't going to be the one to tell a future hall of famer a guy who can black out in playoff games and completely take them over and on one end of the floor hit game winners who's six, seven and play the point guard. I'm not going to be the one to tell him to leave no. for some damn draft uh, picks. No, nah, nah, let me tell you something. Ain't nobody, ain't nobody trading uh, the best European ancestress player that they've seen. And God knows how long <laughs> without one hell of a fight, buddy. Mark, Mark Cuban is not, uh, no, 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 no. This has been the business plan down there for 25 years. Mm-hmm. He he is, no, this, this it, it ain't about to be that, dog. They not going to do it. But I, I just, I look at an organization that I don't feel like has demonstrated competence, generally yeah. speaking. I don't know if they have the infrastructure in place to figure out how to get the best out of him. Like there's an Allen Iverson comp also in the sense of who is it exactly that you pair with him. Because as much as we try to compare Luka to say James Harden, it is much easier to find somebody to play next to James Harden than it is to find somebody to play next to Luke. Why? I'm not sure that I, I see a huge difference because like James Harden is the same type of ISO player who's not going to give you anything on the defensive end of the floor who's a great passer yeah. like Luca. Yeah. Well, this is the one thing I'd say about that. And I, I see oh, why personality. Have, yeah, I see why you'd have the question. I don't know how much of his personality but I have seen James Harden with these other players play beside him and then do, they do pretty well. Like the things that ultimately did him in were James Harden stuff that seems to be constant no matter who the person is. And those guys don't necessarily like want to stick around and play with him, but for so long, but it took a while, but they figured it out with Russell Westbrook. It took a while. I mean, they figured out how to do it with him and Chris Paul. He figured out in some form or fashion how to do it with the Nets. Now, even as a secondary player, now older, he's figuring it out in some way. Like he's got some limitations and how he can play ball. But as like James Harden and Kyrie did not look like two dudes playing hot potato trying to figure out who's going to be the one to take the shot. You know what I mean? It just didn't go that way. Yeah. I mean, I think the Harden stuff, we have to appreciate how willing he's been or able he's been to shift his game. And it hasn't been like huge major shifts, but like when he was leaving OKC, no one thought he was going to be the player he was. If I remember correctly, I think D'Antoni said he was going to average like 15 assists or something crazy like that. And Harden didn't even believe it, but he changed his game. Then he went to um to Brooklyn and he managed to fit in there when <laughs> the few times that he was on the floor. Then he mm-hmm. goes down to the 76ers and like becomes an ancillary, sometimes catch and shoot player. Not very good, but like he changed his game and he changed his game to fit around Russ. He changed the game to work with Chris Paul. We haven't seen and Maybe this speaks to the fact that James Harden wasn't the child uh, star. Uh, he wasn't even a starter at his first location. Somebody had to take a chance on him, but we haven't seen Luca do that very much. And I think at a certain point, we've come to the point where he's going to have to because all the people that they filed through there to try to make it work haven't been able to make it work next to him. 
Well, also, let me tell you this about Harden, as you brought it up, um, as a point our buddy uh, Charlie Kravitz has made. Maybe one of the most undersold stories of the NBA season is that we were throwing James Harden overboard, and he's been really good this so year. So good. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, like this is, he has been really good at a reduced usage rate, uh, probably like the lowest rate he's had since he left Oklahoma City. Like, he, Joel Embiid is the dude on that team. And it was interesting because you remember they started this year running the James Harden offense. Mm-hmm. And it was not cracking. And then somebody woke up and was like, hey, how about we give the ball to the second, third, fourth best player in the NBA and see how that works out? <laughs> I think uh, we had a conversation not too long ago about confidence and players with confidence and uh, the kind of like FU confidence that that we all like and some people pretend to have that they don't really have. Mm-hmm. It kind of feels like James Harden carries that with him, whereas he seems pretty well nope never mind i remember those playoff games against the warriors never mind take it back yeah 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 (laughs) take it back hey prime members did you know you could be listening to this episode ad free on amazon music with amazon music you get access to the largest catalog of ad free top podcasts including all your favorite espn podcasts avoid the ads and start listening today i want to do a Hard change of gears as we got about 15 minutes left here. I don't want to top to bottom the whole LSU Angel Reese thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a whole lot of that's already been well-worn terrain. But there is one part of it that I've thought about that really kind of strikes me. And I want to be clear to everybody here. I'm here to chastise grown-ups, And I just want to know if you think like I think about this part. Big headline... Andrew Reason, apparently the LSU team told Jill Biden that they did not want her to come into the locker room after the game. And from what I've read, you tell me if I'm wrong here, it was because she did not have them getting to the Sweet 16 in their bracket. And it was a team decision. And so they did not let her in there. And I have watched many people on the internet cheer this on. And what the is wrong with these people? Is that, is that not the dumbest thing you have ever heard in your life? Yeah. And I don't mean from the players, right? Because yeah. the players, I can see them doing something dumb like that, yeah. right? It just doesn't, hey, there's a chance that you might make the acquaintance of the first lady, perhaps uh, building, a, you know, a, even if superficial, a relationship that you could cash in on later. Nah, we gonna tell her she can't come in. Oh, by the way, you might want to check into the politics of the head coach who might have mm-hmm. had slightly different reasons for not wanting this person in. I don't know, but I say slight. But I bring this up because I just can't believe all the people that I see on the internet like, yeah, that's what you should have done. Who was giving these young ladies advice? And who's giving these older people advice? Because they sound stupid. Yeah, and also about her saying that she wouldn't accept the apology of uh, Jill Biden because uh, Jill Biden um, invited or wanted to invite, like floated the idea of inviting Iowa along with them yeah that was stupid but why not accept an apology like it was a stupid thing to say (laughs) but like let's be honest she's been the wife of a politician who's been a politician for like i don't know 40 50 years now so like this is about like winning or speaking to a particular part of the country jill biden does not give a damn about having all y'all in there i think she probably assumed that that was an opportunity for them headed into a campaign to be like see I bring people together. So like, okay, I thought it was dumb as soon as I heard it. We all thought it was dumb. But for her to be like, no, I'm not accepting your apology. That's ridiculous. The thing about when you said chastising adults, I think it does not matter the politics of the coach. You're the coach. And it doesn't matter whose idea it was to not let the first lady into the locker room. You're the coach, and yeah, the like adult. she coming in, she coming yeah. in. Yes, you. Hey, when, hey, hey, everybody, be everybody, straighten up and be nice. When you hear the scuttlebutt as a coach, you're like, nah, we not playing this game. You coming in, and now, I, you could argue something different if there is one particular like politician who is like on the fringes of society. But I mean, Joe and Jill middle of the road like just, right just just do the thing like you have drawn more attention and that's normally 
that's the thing. Like I've always got pissed at the idea of players creating distractions and this guy's a distraction and whatever he's doing here is a distraction. Coaches say they don't want no distractions. The hell are you doing then? Like, <laughs> is this not the biggest distraction that unnecessary? I guess it doesn't matter now because they won the championship, but I don't know. It just seems, it, it all seems very dumb. And uh, I understand why people would celebrate Angel Reese, like kind of doing stupid somewhat disrespectful things like this to the first lady like i understand why that don't mean that i need to celebrate it no like when i when i saw that and i think so much of the tenor of everything that i that i've seen from people like i say and in many cases from people i like generally like and respect yeah but there's nothing noble in being unforgiving right like no no matter what it is like for me when i wind up in situations where I struggle to forgive. And you know this, because you and I talk about these things. I'm mad at myself more than anything because I can't let it go. Right. For whatever the reason is, right? You don't have to try to make yourself feel better about the fact that you can't let this go when you see somebody else who can't and be like, yeah, that's exactly what I would do. Yeah, do you sound happy? You know what I'm saying? Like, 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 and that's her going on this tour and it's a tour right like yeah. um her people were trying to get her on game theory except we don't you know obviously we don't have a show this week we had our season finale last week but they trying to like get her out there and i think to myself it would be interesting if i had her and like some of the things that she was saying because i'd be very tempted to kind of stop and just be like hey you sure about that you know like and and so with her she's obviously she's young she's going to do the thing she's rolling with how she feels She's clearly like a person trying to find herself, as is often the case when you are 20 years old, right? Like it all makes sense. There's, I don't think there's anything that she needs to apologize for in this. But the grown people that are encouraging some levels of this, I just don't think are doing her any favors, right? Like you do realize this. She is about to be walking into every one of them gyms next year, like one of the more hated players in college basketball. Right. And that can turn really ugly. Like, not that she should muzzle herself mm-hmm. so as not to offend. That's not the point that I'm making. But I just don't think being like, oh, yeah, we would have gone to the Obamas. Oh, I mean, we'll just go see the Obamas. Oh, no, no, don't say it. Don't, don't do that. Yeah. This is, this is, this is, this is. who are, You got a team. We're the one to be like, ixnay, ixnay. However, I, I'm on your side on all of this. But... She may be one of the most hated. Like we see this happening with Trump, honestly. Like we see this happening with like anybody who is like at, at any at any bit polarizing. The more you like generate this hate, because honestly, the reason why people are like celebrating, or at least I see this this way, people why why people are celebrating Angel Reese even when she does or says things that we would disagree with, is in direct reaction to like Dave Portnoy and direct reaction to Oberman. And and that's what I feel where like, I wouldn't say the things, I wouldn't celebrate what she's doing, but I also do feel like, man, like I want her to be like y'all. And you know, because it, it feels like people are ganging up on her. And also like when you're black, you carry a lot of other like pain and baggage around yeah. with you. So I guess, again, I'm not defending it, but as much as people are going to hate her, the more people hate her, the more a particular part of society is going to love and defend her. Correct. And my point is, if that segment that loves and defends wants to say Keith Olbermann and they want yeah. to say Dave Portnoy, our grown asses should do that and yeah. not yeah. ask her to. Right. right. We should not put the battery in her back. Because there are consequences to some of this that there's no way for her to really know. But in the short run, people see exposure and clout, right? Like that, the whole move about, no, nah, I tell Jill Biden she can't come in here. That is a short run trade for clout. Yeah. Right? That is prioritizing present day clout over a lot of future type of stuff that it could be over a reason that just seems really, really... And, and who told them, you know, uh, the Biden thing ain't... Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what are we doing here? Like, 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 like what's the game? And that's why I'm saying my problem is with so many adults who are projecting right. their own issues and their exactly. own concerns onto a 20-year-old. And then we keep throwing a microphone in her face 
and ask her to say this or ask her to say more. Can't take a moment to be honest about like, hey, man, yeah, it was the, the competition and everything else. But we so concerned about what these other people got to say exactly. that I don't think anything about this woman herself is but of anyone's concern. It's, of course not. I mean, I think the vast majority of people didn't know who she was before this. Like she she grew up in the same town, Randallstown, that I'm from. So I knew who she was. She went to Maryland before she transferred. And like I knew who she was and she's always been a talker. I'm not going to pretend like I'm some mm -hmm. super women's college basketball fan. But the vast majority of people had no idea what her name was before the game started. And so, yes, she represents a lot of other things to them. That's not fair. But you're exactly right. And I think the hard thing and you and I have had this conversation a bunch is I consider you a little bit more evolved than me when it comes to opinions, because I still be convincing myself that bad black quarterbacks are just <laughs> mediocre. Cause like I, I still carry that baggage. I'll be looking at Snoop out there in the Ravens Jersey, squinting my eyes like, man, he didn't make the pro bowl though. <laughs> so like you are better at that than me. And you told me like your, your dad growing up, your dad was like that. Tony my dad Banks can play. <laughs> yeah, my dad and was like that also, and and now like you, we talked, we had a conversation about like the OJ trial, how your dad was able. The thing that you said that he was able to do that was really interesting was separate and not pick a side and be like, yeah, this guy ain't, but that guy ain't either, and this guy probably did something, and so he should pay for it. I couldn't do it. I was a kid in middle school back then when it was popping and I was trying <laughs> justice for OJ. <laughs> I was out there saying that foolishness. So like I am more evolved now than I was then, but I also recognize I'm close enough to still be able to see that when somebody like Angel Reese is being like pilloried and like being called a piece of like really oh, attacked yeah. by other people that it's really difficult to do anything other than celebrate everything she does. It's hard to look at them and be like, y'all ain't and then look at Angel and be like, you're great. However, what you're doing is dumb. No, 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 no. And see, this is the thing for me about that, because I get your point, because there is something else to do. It's no different to me than the way that you would look at this as a professional athlete when you wilding out in a circumstance under which it is understandable that you would wild out and your head coach in front of the media yeah. is like hey we need to talk about this other thing that's going on and then when nobody else is around it's like hey me and you we need to talk about this like you can take up the fight for her but the reason that the the way we're handling it bothers me or worries me is what you describe can then create a circumstance under which this younger person continues to do things that will ultimately not serve her interests and the reason is all she's hearing is the rah, rah, sis, boom, right. bah from the yeah. people that are on the team. And at some point, like I look at this and I guess this is we talk about getting into our 40s now. Right. Mm -hmm. This is the, the getting older and everything, you know, that comes with that. And it's one of those where you would be like, hey, they doing you wrong here. But I'm going to tell you, there are ways to play this in ways not to play this. The school that she attends is honestly unqualified to, I think, give her the support that is particular to who she is and what the world is that she is now dealing with. They don't know who it is. I don't know who the right person is to be like, hey, there's some of, you know, go this way, go this way. Like you don't, there's nothing you gain from antagonizing the family of the president of the United States, right? Don't drop that one no more. Hey, um, if they say they'll accept an apology, let's eh, think about this for a second, right? And I don't know if there's that person that is there. And that's why it, it worries me when I see an inability from people to recognize that what Oberman did was foul. What Portnoy did was foul. All of those people that were pushing back against her, all of them are wrong in the way that they chose to go about doing that. But we need to serve Angel Reese more than we, I think she needs to be served more than she needs to be, shall we say, protected. That's a, I mean, it's a really hard thing to do. And uh, like Stephen A, who I think is like one of the genuinely best like people behind the scenes in our company, like people with power, like he, he genuinely yeah. cares and like will put his neck on the line for people. Like I really love and respect what he represents. 
However, when we have different disagreements on these social issues, and I think I brought this up with you before, it's always it's never that I fully disagree with what he's saying. I just disagree with using this platform to say that. And I, I'm not being clear. So my point is when black people get in trouble, Stephen A often goes and tells them the thing that they need to hear. But he tells it to them on TV. Yes. And I'm like, no, right now, what we need to to say is this system is is messed up. And I think that's where we have a hard time, because, like, we're all looking at this. The bigger overarching problem is there's a double standard. Things are unfair for black women, like and the way people talk to them, the way you treat from the expectations of them, the preconceived notions of them are foul, as you said, the words you used. And so, like, when you jump up and say that, that's what I want everybody's attention on. But you're right. Somebody behind the scenes, someone who she trusts, someone who she cares about should say, like, you ain't helping yourself right here. This is not good for you in the long run. And she's going to learn it at, at some point or maybe she she doesn't. But because some people never do. But it's hard striking that balance as someone who carries along with you a bunch of the baggage and experience. And I think I, I've confided in you privately before that, like, back when we had like all the George Floyd stuff was bleeding into everything. And we were just doing get up hours on get up about straight social justice. Mm -hmm. And I was excited. And I was like, I'm going to say all this that I want to say that I've been wanting to say that I haven't had a chance to say, and I'm going to tell all the people and like, I have regrets for how I handled a lot of those situations. But you know what? If somebody would have called me at that time, and if you as somebody I trust and respect would have called me at the time and be like, Hey, fall back. I'd have been like, nah, you know, like, it'd have been hard for me to hear at that moment. Cause like at that moment. And I think this is probably how Angel Reese feels. is like, she feels like she's a freedom fighter, you know, like yeah. she feels like she's taking on the establishment. I know. And we got to stop acting like just cause somebody feels something that matters that goddamn much. And that's, <laughs> yeah. that's really, You're you right. know, and you know what? As I hear everything you say, and what I said, we play jazz. Mm -hmm. I said that, that we play jazz. I'm going to show people just how much this is jazz. Cause this whole thing, we started at the top. We made a few key chains, made a few core chains. We went, and then we come back around to it because what it really all comes down to in the end is at some point, grown-ups have to stop worrying about being cool and have to start being grown-ups, right? You gotta, you Keith gotta Oberman, be a sir. You want right, to be Keith, called a sir? Exactly. Time, you do some search. Exactly. You, you want to be Mr. Owens or Parker? Exactly. Oberman was not being a sir uh -uh. in that moment, right? Like when that happened. Kim Mulkey going along with them not letting uh, Jill Biden in there, not being a ma'am. Just like she wasn't being a ma'am when she put her hands on the uh, on the referee. You know what I'm saying? And I assure you, she Miss Kim in whatever little town she's from. Every black person called her Miss Kim. Um, she's from that kind of country. But in the end, the grown-ups need to be the grown-ups, and we need to stop asking for children to carry on the fights for our baggage and our interests at the expense of honestly, look, this next year for her, these next couple of years, however long she's there, because I think she get the COVID year back. You know what? I don't remember exactly how it goes, but this is probably as famous as she's ever gonna be, and might be as much money as she ever makes, and all of these things. But it's also the time of your life that's supposed to be the best. And so I hope that in this, that some better things come out of it, because none of this, it ain't her fault that all of this turned into what it turned into. It's not. Now all you can do is navigate it. And hope that the grown-ups behave like grown-ups. And that is Dominique Fosworth. Check him out on Get Up. Check him out on Anscape. Check him out on Debatable. Check him out on First Take. And of course, check him out on the Dominique Fosworth Show. Available wherever you get your podcast. And here. Vote for the Webbies, man. Get on that. Oh, I, yeah. I want a piece of that. Yo, I mean, I got to tell people that we got the sirens going in the background, but I ain't y'all just going to have to understand it's real in these Harlem streets. You know what I'm saying? They be out there handling business. But um, yeah, we got nominated for best sports podcast by the Webbies. You can go to Google the Webbies. You can go check it out. You can vote for us. Uh, Dominique, of course, I thank you and Adi and Dan and Parker. And of course, the great Gabe Bassane for all the work that we've done to put this in. And I appreciate the fact that anybody knows this. If you would like to vote, go ahead and vote. Like, I'm not comfortable with the idea of, like, launching a campaign. But if that's something you want to do, especially because they're going to make you give them the email address, don't think I don't know what the game is. You know, if you a little too paranoid, you listen to this podcast, you know you just can't be giving everybody your information. I understand that. But if you want to check it out over there, uh, it'd be greatly appreciated. Also, we had the season finale of Game Theory last week. Um, 
It was a fun season, Dominique. I thank you for being on. I hope you guys got to check the homie Cameron out on the show. That was a, a highly entertaining uh, situation. Um, it's too much for me to talk about about that, but I'm glad we got it to be done and to answer your questions. Now, nah, I don't know if it's a season three. Now, nah, I don't know when it's coming around. Honestly, as I said before, I'm so happy we got two seasons of that and had such a good time. Hey, you take what you get, you be happy about that, and then you move on um, to everything else. It would be cool if we got to Webby. I could give you a number of reasons why. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I'm I'm more comfortable with the self-promotion than you are. Like, this is not my show, but I feel <laughs> as though I, I get part ownership of this Webby. So oh, yeah. get them a damn email. I don't care. You you ain't that important. They not, they're not trying to steal your information. Then create then create another account and vote on that. Too. great great idea I had yeah, I mean it ain't nothing but an email look up your old AOL joint put Yo, that up I, there you I know back I when got, you had I got an HBO email address now I could do it use double it. time yeah I already use my emails they got ESPN and they got my Gmail look, look what you got me out here doing <laughs> I'm doing it you keep jumping in you just gotta sit there no, I'm saying what you got me doing. I'm out here like, oh. yo, how many email addresses could I possibly create in order to make this happen? I like to win, baby. <laughs> I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not going to hit you with that lie like Embiid. I don't care about the MVP. Yes, you do. <laughs> hey, man, ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us here on The Right Time. We do this three times a week. Adi Khan, Dance Dancing, Parker Owens, handling everything behind the scenes. Thank you, gentlemen. Also, thank you guys for watching on YouTube. Remember, hit the voicemail line, 860 let us know about that time you thought you sent a text about somebody, but you accidentally sent it to that somebody. 860-516-4119. Uh, remember, follow the right time. Rate us. Review us. Give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. And we'll talk to you guys in a couple of days. Take it easy. Thanks for checking out The Right Time with Bomani Jones Podcast. You can listen or follow on the ESPN app or wherever you listen to podcasts. The Right Time with Bomani Jones.